Hey everyone, and welcome to Off the Beaten Cleft. This week we are doing a feminist February playlist. What? What are you laughing at? Just no energy. <laughs> All right, fuck you. I'll start again. <laughs> Hello everyone, and welcome to Off the Beaten Cleft. <laughs> We're doing feminist February. Was that energetic <laughs> enough? Was that too was much? Great. No, it was great, dude. Okay. Oh Lord have mercy. All right. This week we are doing Feminist February 2023. Uh, we did, yeah, whatever. Intro music, go. No, don't you judge me. I got a disease. No, don't you judge me. All right, so I was about to explain what we're doing, but I figured after the intro music, that's when we can explain it. Feminist February, Kevin. Uh, we talked about maybe just hopping right into Metal March, but I feel good about getting a week where we can talk about our favorite female artists and give them their shine. Yeah, yeah I got to get the ladies in there. Uh, normally, they get a full month, but you know, the, things happened. We didn't. We didn't. We weren't recording during that month, so. We're going to give them at least a week here, uh, and we're going to do it a little bit differently than we did in last year, where we're just going to do a playlist. Uh, and I kind of like this idea. It allows us to kind of cover a bunch real quick, and it allows me to get some of my low-hanging fruit that I wanted to get off last year. My, my picks are all low-hanging fruit, I think, anyway. Uh, I don't know if you how familiar you were with my picks, but for me, they were like, oh, yeah, this is easy. I'm just going to get all my favorite female vocalists from my childhood out. For sure. <laughs> so... And- yeah, I mean, when are we going to do a heart album, you know? Probably never. We've been talking about how we're going to restructure doing albums, which I think is going to be really fun and could allow us to do more albums that were like, ugh, a full album mm-hmm. of this. So I'm really excited to see where we go with that. But yeah, there's some artists on here that I picked as well that are just kind of pop and we don't really cover pop albums. They're kind of hard to do and... I don't know. I'm I'm really excited for a lot of the stuff we picked. Um, I, I I will say on that front, I was really looking forward to doing Miley Miley's new album this month. So I didn't just know for, she had one. Just, yeah, or did she release? Is it, is it just a single? Flowers? I think just a single. All right. Well, we're gonna do Miley's album when it comes out. So that's the only pop we do is Miley's. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I'm, re- I'm really excited to get into this. Uh, we've got a few audience submissions. Um, we'll start with... Yeah, it feels, feels, feels good to get song picks from people again. It does. Yeah, not songs of the show, picks for a playlist. That feels good. Um, mm-hmm. And if you want to read Ben's email and start with him. Yeah, sure. I had Louis pulled up, but yeah, I'll do that. There we go. Uh, okay, so Ben says, Welcome back, boys. Feels good to have a playlist that's not on my own to listen to again if if we're doing some quick haters for feminist feb i can't turn down talking about ratata it might be a skrillex song but let's be real this track is all about missy elliott she blends seamlessly into this new album of a brand of music that i didn't even that didn't even exist when she was big and be, and it's because she's so good now this is bad bitch music benji can get down with nostalgic and brand new silly and hard-hitting all wrapped in one fantastic fantastically danceable package music make you lose control benji columbus ohio wow 
See, that's why you read that one because you did the voice. Um, <laughs> this is time to be to go. This song's so freaking sick, dude. It's it's great, dude. It's I've I've probably listened to it the most of any song on this playlist. One because I was already listening to that album. I talked about it last week, uh, but it's also just the bass is so infectious in the car. It's just so good. As soon as I get in my car, I turn it on and I, I crank it up. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm gonna have I'm gonna have a. It's only two minutes long. It's like two minutes and six seconds long, which sucks because I want it to be longer. <laughs> but uh it's a it's a really good length too i don't know it's it's a it's a fucking banger the whole album's a banger it has little qualities that remind you of old skrillex in this song too which i think are really cool but like it kind of dosey does you by making you think there's going to be a big drop and it's just kind of like a little drop that just like mm-hmm. as soon as that little drop comes in the momentum c- kicks in and it's yeah great track and it was one that i was like oh skrillex has two new albums great that's two new articles of music that I will not be listening to from Skrillex. <laughs> but we listened to it on the way back uh, from that album release party, and I was like, damn, this shit kind of rocks. Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's it's not what you would think Skrillex. It's like I said last week, it's not dubstepy. Um, it's more of, a, more of a hard style. I don't even really know how to describe it, but this song in particular feels like a Missy Elliott track. Yeah. It, this feels like, oh, Missy Elliott's been gone for a while. What's she going to do? And she comes back with something like this. So it's, yeah, a good pick, Ben. I uh, I almost picked this last week from her song, The Show, but I knew Ben would want to pick it. So Very noble of you. Yeah, I know. I'm a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Louis Curran has Beaver Cage by Butcher Babies. Um, he has an email for us saying, welcome back. Uh, first off, welcome back. Climbing back out of my rabbit hole for this Feminist February by submitting Beaver Cage by Butcher Babies. Uh, consist- consisting of two female vocalists sharing claims and screams, they've been banging heads for the last decade, touring with just about everyone. This song was a new discovery just for this month as they have been put they've been put on my radar for a few years. It's a brutal speedball party rager to piss off all the moms. And let me tell you... This shit goes hard. Yeah, dude. I fuck. I love that part too, where it's move back to America, piss off all the mobs. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking great, dude. All right, what is no? It's uh something about getting the shot, pissing off all the moms, or something like that. I don't know. It's great. It's fucking awesome. I've listened to this track quite a bit too. This it, week. It's it's a it's almost like ratatata if it was like made by a bunch of metal chicks instead of Skrillex. It is sporadic, and it's got this, like, yeah, another great pick, and it was one that, like, I had no idea who this was, and the first, like, couple, maybe 30 seconds, you're like, oh, no, is this going to be, like, a girl party song? Like, I really don't want to hear that, and then it just is not that at all. No, not even close. But, yeah, great pick, and uh, we really appreciate it. I mean, with a with a with a song title called Beaver Cage and a and a band called Butcher Babies, you got to figure it's going to be brutal at some point, and I, it gets there. Pretty yeah, I don't know what you figure with that. Like <laughs> <laughs> that is that is not something I would have any sign of what we're listening to. Um, Mason Miller, yes, he uh, he submit uh, Venom by Little Sims and. I halfway expected something like this from Mason. It's hip hop. 
it's uh she sounds british i don't know um i didn't do a whole lot of research into this but it's fucking awesome i've always loved like british rappers they just have a different type of flow to them and i have to talk about the drop breakdown whatever you want to call it because it was it's so unexpected in a song that sounds like this does for the first minute that i was i was it completely threw me for a loop and i was fucking completely bought in it's uh I don't know. It's just like jazz cymbals and it's like kind of soft, but it hit, because you don't expect it, it hits really hard. I don't know. It's just really fucking good. And she raps super aggressively. So um, I think in the UK, they call it grime or something like that. Um, but yeah, it's really fucking good. If you're not, I, I think if you didn't know, Mason and Ben had been sharing music with one another. I think it's obvious now because this is <laughs> yeah. this feels like a blend of Mason and Ben for sure. Um, it really does. It's it's a really cool track, and I was listening to it right before we started, and yeah, it rocks. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. This is actually a really uh, good and well diverse playlist. Yeah, it's more diverse than I expected it to be. My my picks are kind of uniform. I picked a lot of sad girl music, even though I told you earlier this week I was like trying to actively avoid it. But that's just the '90s women and women in the '90s were sad. Yeah. <laughs> so, yep. so it's just gonna be that way. Um, but yeah, no, I really liked it. So speaking of women from the '90s, Grant picked um, "Fast as You Can" by Fiona Apple. Uh, Maybe the only other person in the 90s that was more feminist than one of my picks is Fiona Apple. She is a misandrist through and through. She hates men. She even talks about it in the song, how much she hates men. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a classic, man. Fiona Apple is a classic. Uh, I think she has kind of faded out of consciousness a little bit, which is, you know, it's going to happen. But for people that grew up in the 90s, like Grant and I, where, you know, she's she's she was a giant figure at that time. And this song is, it's cool. It's like all rock i guess is the best way i could describe fiona apple's music yeah i love it uh he actually commented on our instagram and said whitney is queen but i'm going with one of the strongest and most underrated women in the biz so love it i love the pick she does feel like maybe a predecessor to um all those strong females that came in like the late two or late 90s early 2000s mm-hmm. for sure um chad didn't say a word snuck it right into our playlist he put <laughs> yeah. uh fast car by tracy chapman yep uh yeah this uh this is always long overdue to be talked about on this podcast <sighs> I think. you ain't kidding i actually have a really <laughs> funny story when i was in uh paramedic school we <laughs> i saw like a live video and that was the first time i'd found out that tracy chapman was a girl because you hear this song you don't know it's kind of ambiguous that way yeah um I guess if you look at listen to the lyrics, but like it's just the song I grew up with. So I watched a live video and it like I was awestruck. And I watched it like the first month of paramedic school. But like <laughs> almost like Pavlovian. Every time I went into medical school, I'd see a guy in my class and I'd be like, Driving, driving in your car. And he would <laughs> he would be like, he would finish the that, that part of the song and <laughs> Yeah. So everyone in our class was like, please stop singing that stupid song. But like every time I hear the song, I think of just like walking into medic school every day and doing that. But yeah, what a great song. And it is surprising how it's kind of one of those like things like when people find out semi semi charm life is about meth use, 
finding mm-hmm. out that Tracy Chapman is a girl and Fast Car is like the best song of our generation is just a cool thing to see the next generation find out. Yeah, that's a bold statement, but uh, you know. <laughs> well, I'll have, take you, it. have you ever met someone that didn't have like really strong feelings about this song in a positive way? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just okay with it. There's no <laughs> it's way. Fine. No way. It's, it's fine. You hear I mean, that, I like it. You hear the opening guitar lick, and you're not like, today's going to be a good day. Oh, sure. It's definitely, it's it's got a happy tone to it, for sure. So, But it's got a little, um, st- like, a little tinge of sadness, too. Like, gener- yeah. generational sadness and generational, like, trying to get ahead, but next thing you know, you're just like your parents, like... It's a great song, man. It is a great song. I won't. I won't deny that. Song, best song of the generation. <laughs> name a better song for this generation. I mean, I can name a lot of them. Uh, anything from Jeff Buckley's Grace. Biased. Yeah, sure, that's fine. That's a, that's a, for this. These gen- are all opinions. You're thinking of like an entire generation. Yeah. Like ten years worth of people. Yeah. You have you, to understand the you point th- you're trying to make is just a ridiculous from your end. Well, <laughs> I'm saying every- it's, it, this whole argument is ridiculous. It's like Whatever. trying to say who who's better, MJ or Michael. It's like whoever you think is better is better. That's not true, though. What the point I'm making is <laughs> that this song is so universally liked and beloved that it could it could be a song that represents an entire generation and everyone would be okay with it. I would say freshman. Is is more ubiquitous. That's not universally liked, though. I think it is. I don't think I've. I don't think I've ever met a single person that doesn't like that song from this era. We could argue about this all day. This I'd is not what to. this show is about. Well, yeah. <laughs> anyway, good pick, Chad. You, yeah. you, uh, you made us argue. You made us argue about audience submissions, which almost never happens. So. <laughs> send us into uh, a spiral. Send us on an investigation. We were like on investigative discovery trying to figure out who put it in the playlist. <laughs> yeah. I we mean, had, to be fair, we've, we figured it out pretty quick. Yeah. But still. <laughs> we had, a, I was going to the store to buy cork board and, and yarn, and we we're going to solve this murder board. Um, yeah. Sammy says, Drain the Blood by the Distillers. Mm-hmm. Great track. Another, yep. like, is that early 2000s, late 90s? I- I don't know. I don't remember. Uh, but yeah, it's hyper aggressive. I really like it. Um, I had listened to this before, I think, for our spooky playlist. She was between like a bunch of different ones. And that we were like, I was, we were listening to them together. And so I heard it then. Um, but yeah, I really like it. Great track. Yeah. Um, almost, almost no debate on that track. <laughs> no, yeah. It's not the song of a generation, but it is a good no. one. Um, nope. It honestly could probably fit on like my five picks. Yeah, like if I yeah, kicked, for sure. It, it's like the Chelsea Cutler of two thousand three, I think. Yeah, no, you could definitely find a spot for it in your in your playlist for sure. So speaking of my picks, let's get into my track number one. Let's do it. My track number one is "Until It Stains" by Summer Hoop. Uh, she's got this like gothic pop feel. Kev, like she just, mm-hmm. she reminds me of like Paris, but a little bit, little bit lighter, not as like tinge of darkness and like there is darkness, but not as much. And she just has like a great feel. It's like forever Halloween listening to her, and yeah, 
I found her because she uses the same producers uh, as Harbor and Bill Murray, who's Will Carlson. It's a name that's going to keep popping up because everything he touches is gold. I love the sound of the tone of his guitars, the way the drums kick in all his songs. And it's really noticeable when he produces and mixes a track because it's just like it kicks, man. And that, that, those guitars are so heavy. And um, she's actually on one of the songs on Bill Murray's new album called The Void Approacheth. And I think it was the first single. She just has like a, a, a hypnotic voice. And don't be surprised if I keep saying the name Bill Murray and Will Carlson because he's turned me on to a lot of really cool female artists and Summer Hoop is one of them. Yeah, you're on a big like Bill Murray tree kick recently. Yeah. It was a guy you talked about last week. He collaborates with a lot of people, and a lot of them are are un are up and coming or less less known than him. And he just like puts them on his tracks, and do, he doesn't like do a lot of like promotion. Like listen to this person. He's just like I really like this person. I like listening to him, so I'm gonna put him on my track with me. And I think that's yeah, really I'll, cool because that makes me want to listen to him more than if you put a promotional video like oh, I'll listen to this. Like fuck you, I do what I want. But if you put him on, yeah, if I you feature it. him on a track, then I want to listen to him. <laughs> yeah yeah no I, I totally get that man it's uh we've talked about it before it was a while ago but like anjuna beats does that quite a bit um uh, like the above and beyond on their label they just fucking throw people on anjuna beats compilation like people have never heard of it. and that the people discovered like ben's discovered a lot of people he likes just by listening to anjuna beats stuff and uh i think whenever somebody bigger kind of brings other people up with them that's always super cool so i dig it as well mm-hmm. but yeah i have a question for you dill yeah why are why are women so much cooler than dude as vocalists? I don't know, man. They they got that they got that joie de vivre. I don't know I what that word even means, um, and I know I didn't pronounce it right. But close enough. It's that's my way of saying they have something intangible, this like tinge of sadness that no one else can capture. Yeah, I, I don't. It's something I I think it's like they can they have a wider range of emotions they can pull from in a more subtle way. That a do if a dude did the same thing, be like, oh, that's that's not manly enough, or that doesn't you sound like a chick kind of thing. Whereas a woman can do all this wide range of shit and not be like judged for it. And I think that's I feel the same way about female vo- voice actors as well. Uh, it's one of the reasons I when I play video games, I pick female characters a lot of time because i think female voice actors are they could just pull from a range of emotions more easily i don't know it's there's something cool about it but uh yeah the the way that you kind of already talked about it the way the vocal is delivered is just kind of creepy and it feels really cool it's it's over like this creepy track too it's just uh it's a lot of fun and it's a great start so yeah i love this track hell yeah um very cool let's get into your first track yeah, I'm so sick by Flyleaf. Uh, this is the beginning of my low-hanging fruit. Uh, I had to start somewhere, and Flyleaf seemed like a good place for me to come back with, as far as like picks. It's 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 metal, and I didn't just want to put Ginger up again because I could have easily just made again a full playlist of Ginger songs. I love Tati so much; she's one of my favorite vocalists of all time. But anyway, um, this song is heavy in a very specifically 2006 way. Uh, <laughs> but it's also got this kind of pop rock type verse that still feels kind of good today, or maybe it's just nostalgia. I'm not really sure. Either way, I love 
this specific type of like female metal vocal. It's kind of the same shit Tati does. Tati does it on a much more brutal level, but she has those soft parts and then she can fucking growl and scream whenever she needs to. Uh, it's just creepy enough and just enough growling to not be off-putting. And I think that's maybe one thing like female metal vocalists have to worry about is like they have to balance it out because at some point it becomes a bit, it's the same thing with male metal vocalists. If there's too much fucking, like, I don't want to listen to it. Um, but female vocalists, I think especially have to worry about that a little bit. Like you have to let them know, Hey, this is an actual woman doing this. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think this was innovative at the time. Like how many female screamers did you hear besides Flyleaf? And I wrestled a bear once in 2006. Like it was, yeah. un, it was almost unheard of. So when that first scream kicked in, I remember being like shook. I was like, "This is this a, a girl can't 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 do that." But she did it. She did it. And she did it. Yeah, Flyleaf is such a cool place and time. And I remember this album came out right around the time Paramore's Riot. Maybe it was right in between Riot and All We Know Is Falling, which um, All We Know Is Falling had some screams in it as well, kind of in the background. And but it wasn't Haley doing it; it was you know the guitarist. So to hear a female doing this was so cool, and it was such a like harder, like Paramore rocked, but this was like wow, this shit is like metal, you know? Yeah. And um, I really like her screams and the 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 male backup screamer doing it to like having like a call and response, which is really cool. Yes. And I don't know. I just loved like the little edge and Flyleaf and Paramore used to be synonymous. Like at that time, the Flyleaf stuff title was huge. And I feel like a lot of people saw parallels like Paramore was quasi religious and Flyleaf was very overtly religious. And uh, I don't know. This song almost has 100 million streams on Spotify. And I think that is the TikTok bump because I remember this song catching fire on TikTok yeah yeah it's uh and i can't really i was trying to think while you were talking about like other female and metal bands that i can think of the only one i can really think of that was around was like lacuna coil and evanescence i think had come out but they're kind of like a a soft version of lacuna coil uh i can't really think of any others i'm sure i'm missing some but those were like the big ones that were out so it was it was not prevalent it's still not today but you see it more and more often um a lot of there's a lot of japanese metal bands that are all females and they all kick ass um with the exception of baby metal i don't count them um there is something some people... kind of weird about this this track i think that makes it a little dated is that you hear that scream and then like no 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 and you think it's gonna pick back up and then she just like comes back in i'm so sick and you're like ah oh. Yeah. I was expecting to like get a little breakdown or something, you know, like that's what yeah. you would get from what Louis track gave us, you know, it yes. like leads into that, starts screaming a little bit and you're, and you're like, Oh, okay. Okay. And then it just, it kicks you in the face and this yeah. almost gets there and is like, ah, not, not right now, maybe later. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, it's very 2006. This is what metal sounded like in 2006. Um, the guitar tone, the way they play the guitar, just very chunky. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's very 2006, and if you were, you know, in a freshman in college like I was at the time, you you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, <laughs> which that's fucking depressing to think about, dude. You're old, man. I am old. I'm about to turn 36, so uh, I don't really want to think about it. Yeah, 
when we're not like when you told when you called me out uh on this track um uh my flyleaf track and you're like oh you went all with all oldies i'm like no i don't think so because like flyleaf is still touring and then you're like your your newest track is 19 years old i was like oh oh yeah <laughs> that was 19 years ago it's like fuck dude i'm old as shit i think you just sent me oh with three dots i was like oh <laughs> yeah. no i just don't like it, it's weird it's like that time dysmorphia thing it's like to me 10 years ago is still uh like 2003 you know yeah. what i mean it's yeah. like that's that will always be 10 years ago for me yeah i get it um my second track marlboro light by chelsea cutler uh, this is another artist that I found through collaboration, and she's a frequent collaborator with Quinn92. They make some really cool songs. I think every album cycle that Quinn92 does, he has her on it. She has him on her tracks. And she's huge. Hundreds of millions of listens on Spotify, so that's not why people should know her. She stands on her own, obviously. And uh, when I finally started listening to her tracks, I was like instantly into it because I think she has something that a lot of pop artists don't have and it's just like i don't know a u- unique perspective i think she just tells stories in really cool ways and i like this song because when you're going through a tough time it, it just kind of talks about the first thing you do is you go see your family more when you're going through a tough time and so when you go see your family more your family instantly wants to help out right and this song yeah. is kind of just talking about like how her dad helps her through her tough time and how her mom does like i forget what her dad does but her mom like uh encourages her to go to church and like she's like i'm on my knees but i don't really believe in praying and like that's just i think everyone can kind of relate to that like you want to go and just not be alone so you go be with your family and like you end up doing things you don't really want to do but it's better than being in your room and alone you know i think the chorus talks about you know i'm sitting in my room and it knows more about you than most people do or something like that um right just a really cool song and it is it could easily be phoned in and be like a kind of a basic ass pop song but it's not that and um it's just cool to talk about like a very specific thing that feels like a universal feeling and um i don't know it's got a fun momentum that you still want to listen to it with the windows down and it's like a windows down but i'm bummed kind of song <laughs> yeah sure uh very dylan pick if you yeah, yes. say so myself <laughs> um <clears throat> Yeah, no, I really like the what is the opening verse? It's like she's basically talking about an emergency pack of cigarettes, yeah, or something. She's got a pack of Marlboro Lights in her car, um, but she only smokes them when she really needs them. Which is, I can anybody who, who's quit smoking can relate to that a hundred percent. I usually have an emergency pack of cigarettes. I don't smoke them, but they're there if I need. Them. <laughs> it's like a in case of emergency. That's right. It's my totem to the real world. Uh, but yeah, there was a point in my life where I wanted to just destroy every quirky girl with an acoustic guitar i just didn't like it um but i think i'm past it and i think what got me past in this song were the i miss you i miss you i miss you that part it's just like it's a really nice touch that you don't really get in a lot of these like pop folk female artists that it's just there's an extra layer of depth to this song that i think really sold me on a, a, a form of music that i'm not super into um it's just really cool, man. I, 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 like I said, this is like female pop folk, like acoustic pop folk is not something I really like. Um, but there was something really cool here that I couldn't deny. No. Yeah. I I think it's because that I miss you comes in and it's like really soft and it's like, yeah, it's, it's barely whispered. 
it's like you I, and I I mean I I like to think you're spending all this time with your family and then when you get home and you're back in your room those like thoughts like the music cuts out and all she had all she's saying is like I miss you I miss you I miss you and that's like damn now that I'm home and I'm back in my room and I'm alone and I'm staring down this pack of Marlboro lights like that's all I can think is I miss you and that's such a great little I don't know a little moment for us a, a pop song yeah 100 man it's uh like i said there's just enough there to where i can like okay yeah i like this i like this i like this quite a bit, quite a bit. so yeah kudos to you for finding a good one for me hell yeah because <laughs> i could have very easily shit on this song um but yeah there was something there that uh that i really liked in the end so i'm glad uh ready ready to move on i am right. <laughs> you good yeah why? Okay. It just came out of your mouth really weird. I am. <laughs> okay. I, I am ready. Um, <laughs> let me just say, uh, your next track is Just a Girl by No Doubt. Thanks for not picking yes. Don't Sleep. I think we're all You're thankful. Welcome. Yeah, no, I uh, I was. that's the one I really wanted to pick because that's one of my favorite songs from the 90s and maybe of all time. Um, but then I saw it and I was like, mm, no, it's not, not the right time for this one. Uh, so, yeah, Just a Girl by No Doubt, as Dill already mentioned. Uh, Tragic Kingdom is still one of my favorite albums of all time. It's just hits from top to bottom. I really, I mean, it might just be because of the time it came out. And I really had a big, and still do have a big crush on Gwen Stefani. She she was just so fucking cool man like she went on to bigger things but she would never be better than this album in this band in my opinion like she did a lot of she was got huge with uh like her like pop career but she's the quintessential too cool for you Callie hot chick and it really comes through in this track specifically like it's it's upbeat and it's instrumentals and it's song about how stupid like the patriarchy is it's like i'm just a girl just little old me um better let me have no rights or something like that i don't know there's just something about you can see her you would see her at a like skate park or something and you know you could never approach her but you still want to anyway because she seems so approachable but you know she's out of your league and i think that's what i always liked about gwen and that really comes through especially on this album uh and this track specifically i just i don't know i love this album and i love gwen stefani from the 90s yeah dude and i think um i'm a part of some guys tiktok who kind of tells stories backwards and doesn't tell you who the artist is until the very end and learning about no doubt before knowing what band it was was just one of the most captivating stories they have such an amazing rise to fame and i think they had been making music for like nine years before this song and Mm -hmm. her brother was in the band and he had recently left the band and she had ended a seven-year relationship with the bassist right before this album came out and they a lot of these songs are you know a little fleetwood mackie because a lot of them are about him but I don't know, man. This this song is so cool. It's it's their breakout track for a reason. Everyone hears this and they love it because it has like a little funky. It's funky, but it has like a little ska light, which I think is like the farthest Kevin will let him go into the ska hole. Um, <laughs> but I think it's that's, like a, it, it's the guitar, man. That yep. it's it's just it's so bouncy and kind of fun. And that's something that's really cool about the '90s pop music. <laughs> or not pop, but like radio music, like bands like No Doubt and Sublime could thrive because 
who knows why, but like you wouldn't hear ska on the radio now. That's that's just it's so wild to think that Sublime and No Doubt were on the radio with songs like these that just don't sound like they would ever get near a radio now. Um, yeah, the song is obvious that Gwen was going to be a star. You've already mentioned that, but it's just true. Like you hear this and you're like, this girl is going to sing about bananas in like 10 years. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, have you ever listened to saw red the song she did with sublime? No. Uh, it's, it's really good. It's like a really fast kind of punky love song with her and Bradley. It's really good. They have a good back and forth. Um, also, one other quick note. I already talked about Tatiana from Ginger. She said her dream collaboration is with Gwen Stefani. So, like, Gwen kind of paved the way for, like, kind of rocker chicks to become who they became later in life because she always had that kind of, like, tough edge to her. Like I said, that 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 cool Cali chick that could probably beat your ass, but you still like her because she's super hot and super cool yes. and hangs out with all the cool dudes. And so, um, yeah, that I think that's always really cool, like, the fact that, that Tatiana from Ginger, who makes way different music, her dream collab is still Gwen Stefani. Uh, we want to hear it too. Yeah, and when you think about it, the way that they sing their soft stuff is kind of similar. To yeah, be perfectly honest with you. So, um, anyway, my third track. Sorry to cut you off there. No, you're good. We're getting into track number three, Jeremiah by Sierra Farrell. Um. This song is timeless. It could be from any time period, and I would believe you. But it came out in 2022, which is crazy. Um, she is her vocals are very reminiscent of Redacted Chicks, um, but she there it's almost heightened. It's almost better and delightful. And like you hear her, and you're like, "What?" She is like casting a like a little country spell on you. She's from West Virginia. She just got a she's got like a little bull nose ring. She's like an alternative country girl. I'm like madly in love with Sierra Farrell. I'm going to get it out of the way. She's just a strong, independent woman from West Virginia. And this song is such a great story. It's why we love country music. It's why when we hear those pop radio country songs, we get angry because we're craving songs like this. And I put this on as a reminder that country music can be found if you do the digging yourself and not trusting the radio. So... Long live Sierra Farrell. I love you. XOXO. Yeah. <laughs> it's becoming increasingly easier too with like this classic country revival that's going on. And yeah, man, give me an old school, like classic country Western woman all day, because that's what this is. This is old country Western to a T. And it almost reminds me more of like Dolly than it does anything else. Uh, just because that's, this is what this, I could easily see this being a Dolly hit back in the day. Um, it just makes me fucking happy, man. The way she almost like yodels through the verses, it's really interesting and it elevates this above what could be just like a very basic like old country western song. And I don't even hate like the steel guitar here like I normally do, like the slide steel guitar sound like it normally bugs me, but it just fucking works here because they're not doing it as an affectation of something they're trying to imitate. This is it's just the part of this style of music. Whereas like it's when it's in modern pop country, it just feels like, oh, we got to have a steel slide guitar. Otherwise, it's not country. This is just, it's not forced is what I'm trying to say. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's a masterfully crafted song. And it kind of makes me want to play Fallout New Vegas. It's kind of, kind of got like that old school, like 
50s feel that they were going for in those games but I, I could see like shooting super mutants while this song is playing and to me that's a super high compliment because i fucking love that game <laughs> dude I, I think the reason there is such a huge country revival is because a lot of these people have been touring i read that she would play literally anywhere they would let her play whether it was like um truck stops or you know v- va parks doesn't matter she would play literally anywhere and now she's big enough to where she's like booking tours and stuff and so like the grind doesn't have to keep going so now she gets to like actually get a a full tour and people like tyler choders who did the same thing played music for 10 years most of his best tracks aren't even on spotify because he never recorded them he just played them live you know and those are songs that people are craving and dying to hear she kind of has that same kind of cult, like yeah, boots boots on the ground, and I love that music can still be spread that way. Like I saw them live, and now I can't get enough, and I can't wait for them to blow up. So begs the question: Do we want to go see Sierra Farrell on tour this year? Sure, sure, man. She supposedly uh, has yeah. a great live show, and I'd love to see it. I'm, I'm sure it'd be dope. I'm sure it'd be a good time. Um, and it's that's kind of the similar story of like Chris Stapleton. Like I feel like his his rise to fame is what's kind of started like this whole like oh hey, country can be really fucking good for people like me and you who aren't necessarily loving like the stadium country that we have been hearing for a decade. And he had a similar story. He was writing songs for people for years, and someone finally gave him a chance like on a big stage, and he fucking blew up, man. And it's uh I love that kind of story. And I think that's kind of what the country story needs to be. Like you need to grind it out. I mean, that's what it is for a lot of these stadium country guys too, but there's just an extra level of like sincerity to it when it's, when it's that old school down in the muck of the, you know, the West Virginia hollow or the Mississippi Delta or wherever it might come from. It's uh it just feels good. And I'm, I'm happy that this kind of country is, is, is coming back. So mm-hmm. uh, thank you to people for uh, liking it. Yeah. <laughs> because it makes me happy to hear it. So um, you ready to move on? Sure. I am. <laughs> All right. Number, number three, uninvited by Alanis Morissette. Uh, I will admit when I grew, was growing up, I, and Alanis Morissette kind of annoyed me. Uh, just because she, I don't love the way she sings on a lot of her tracks, but this song is so goddamn beautiful. <laughs> it's just, it's fucking un, unlimitedly creepy. And she doesn't do a lot of her weird yodel stuff in this song. And she just kind of just straight sings. This as like a power ballad kind of. And I, re- I got recently introduced to this track by some dude recovering it on TikTok, And he fucking just killed it. I was like, Holy shit. Yeah. This song kicks ass. And it, it's, um, but yeah, I've been, I've been tangled in Alanis, Alanis's web all over again. And, um, it's a friend zoning from a feminist's point of view, essentially what this song is. It's like, um, it's massively oversimplifying this track, but she's bewitching on this entire track. It's, it's haunting in all the right ways. And it feels almost like a Shakespearean tragedy in the way it all plays out. And it's like, she's like she wants to be desired but not by you you're uninvited yes she says that that's not allowed you're uninvited an unfortunate slight and it's like yeah and then at the end she kind of relents a little bit she's like i need to consider or something what she says but um yeah it's a it's a classic friend zoning uh if you really want to get down to brass tacks 
and it makes us one or more. A hundred percent. I've never been I've never been more turned on by Alanis Morissette in my life than listening to the song. Her telling me I can't have her makes her a smart and b like unattainable is what everyone wants. Yeah, you're uninvited. It's not that you can't. You're not. You yeah. can't. It's that you're <laughs> completely uninvited from my party. You can't even get in the door, son. Um, yeah, this, <laughs> yeah, this song is haunting, and I think you're right. It has such a huge cinematic Shakespearean feel to it, which this I don't know if you knew this. Picking the song, this song was I featured didn't. on City of Angels movie soundtrack, and if that sounds familiar. I don't. I'm not familiar with the movie, but I'm familiar with the soundtrack, and I think everyone is yeah. because the song got its big. Um, I think it was number. It was up on. It couldn't Billboard chart, but it was on the Hot 100 forever. And this song and Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls. This movie soundtrack is, might be goaded. It's 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 banging, dude. Like they these song the songs from this film which if i remember right isn't that good uh because there were two two movies about angels like falling in love with women i think at this time there was michael which had i think who the fuck was it um there was there was michael and then there was city of angels or whatever the fuck this is called and they came out around the same time but it is is iris is i don't want the world to see me yeah that song was on mtv fucking constantly dude and so yeah this I, I haven't listened to the rest of the soundtrack in a while but it's probably quintessential like just sappy 90s music yeah by the if, if these two songs are any indication and it's probably really good the, uh just the, based on these two songs the third single angel by sarah mclaughlin yeah man powerhouse for a movie that no yeah. one's ever heard of this is now this is what i call now that's what i call music but part. The, I think the craziest part is like these songs were made for this movie. Like specifically, yeah. Yeah. So wow, wild. Love it. And yeah, it was kind of fun to hear that because Alanis is our queen. We think we know everything about her until you don't. Um Mm -hmm. and I just assumed this was on one of her albums. And when I couldn't find it, I started doing some I couldn't find what album it was on, so I started doing some digging and Ipso facto found it. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, ready for my track four? Yes, sir. Disease by Enrose. Um, this is another Bill Murray collaborator that I found. Her name's Gabby Rose. Um, and she kills this shit on vocals and she sacks. Uh, I thought of a really corny joke on my way home yesterday. She's bringing Saxy back. Um, it's good. It's good. I'll, I'll pause for laughter. Okay, and uh, thank you, thank you. I'll add a laugh track. But yeah, she uh, plays sax and has um, has a folk vocal feature on, you guessed it, Bill Murray's uh, most recent album. And just seeing her play live was intoxicating because she goes on tour with them, and they're going on tour again. So if you go with me to the Cincinnati show, which I think you are, I don't know, um, yeah, she, you'll get to see how awesome she is. She has such great stage presence. She's so like alt cool. She's got like you know um, like a flannel tied around her waist, and you know it's just she's awesome. The lyrics are clever, sexy, and it's just cool as hell. I think there's <laughs> there's a line calling herself uh, Postmates Malone, which I thought was so funny. You know, 
that's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, there's a line in the bridge or something near the end where she's like, something waiting, masturbating. And you're like, did she say masturbating? And yep, sure shit. Like, and then you look at the lyrics and they're just so funny and they're so like whimsical. I don't know. For a song that sounds so jazzy and sexy, it's it's a goofy song. Yeah. Yeah, and it fits right in with uh, Bill Murray's ba- brand, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, man, this uh, this intro made me horny. Uh, <laughs> and it continues to tease all the way through the verses until you get that amazing, like, synth, like, like that. Oh, it's so good, dude. It's like the, it is absolutely the climax of this song is that little, I don't know if it's just heavily modulated guitar, if it's actually coming from a synth. It sounds a little too snappy to be from a guitar, but either way, it's fucking awesome. Um, this is a track Bruno Mars would love to have in his library because it's so sexy and so cool. Uh, it's just, there's something about it that makes it, it's kind of smoldering throughout the whole thing, just the way it feels. And this, this gave me a headcan and I like, I, I scrolled through this. And I was like, why the fuck did I type so much about this song? But, um, this is that one night stand you have with the girl who's way too cool and sexy for you, but for some reason wanted you that night and just treated you so right. Uh, you wanted her to stay, but when you wake up, she's already pulling up her skin tight leather pants and lighting a cigarette as you wake up only to watch her wink and close the door. That's what this song made me feel like. Uh, and you'll never see her again, but you'll never forget her either. And that's, that's exactly how I felt about this song. And it's, it's, I feel like it's perfect. Folks. We just wrote a movie. <laughs> yeah. At least a scene to a movie for sure. Um, it's uh dude. I don't know. It's just, she's like that. Again, it's the kind of that Gwen Stefani thing, that girl that's way too cool and hot for you. Um, but also has like this kind of whimsical side to her where she like, she's like, yeah, I'm leaving in the morning. I just wanted you for a bit of fun tonight. And so you wake up, she winks, smiles, and you'll never see her again. Just the lingering scent of her stays with you for the rest of the day. Uh-huh. <laughs> I fucking love that shit, man. Tease me more. Tease me more. And Rose. Love it. That That's a great yep. head kitten. That might be your best one. Thank you. <laughs> I was I was feeling it, man. I'm all about hyperbole today, so everything's the best <laughs> or the worst. Um, yeah, let's get let's do track four for you. All right, alone by heart, and all I got to say is Anne motherfucking Wilson, buddy. Uh, is this a top ten chorus? The people are asking. Uh, truly, one of the most powerful vocals I can think of. And the instrumentals are fine. It's just kind of like a classic, like '80s power ballad instrumental, but. This is Anne's song for sure. Like every kid in the eighties with a crush sang this while banging on the bathroom door as they watched their crush continue not to notice them. Like that's exactly what this is. How do I get you alone? Uh, it's a perfect song for eighties love. And we all love that. So I don't know, man, I like, it's, it's almost hard to talk about this song without hearing that chorus and like playing that chorus. Because to me, every time I hear it, I'm like, Holy fuck, dude, this song is so, it's so good. Even like the pre-chorus too is really good. That too now could have got by on my own. Like that part. And then she fucking like goes up like a key, like a half step or something like that into that chorus. It's fucking beautiful, dude. It's uh, and then she comes back down with the piano afterwards every time. It's just like this full range of emotion. Like again, it's like that falling face down on your bed and like banging your pillow and shit like that. It's just oh, yeah. ah, so good. Yep. Every agonizing teenager has been here and 
wishing they had this song to play. But yeah, you're. I think you're right. I, it is super 80s because all they cared about in the 80s was a chorus, and that's all we care about anyway, and this song has one of the best. Um, yeah. I was surprised to find out that this song is a cover, but I think Hart technically owns it yeah. now. Yeah. Th- this song is, this is too big for anyone else. She Johnny Cash hurt this for sure. Yes, yes. Uh, it was originally done by I-10, which could be a highway, could be a band, I don't care. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, the piano ballad has such a huge chorus that everyone just wants to learn it and everyone wants to sing along. And I think you can learn it, if not the first time listening to it, definitely the second time listening to it because 100%. it's so good and it's so clear. Yeah, just a great track. And normally I'm like 80s pop, but this one is iconic. You can't not. I mean, how can you hear, how do I get you alone? And not like just fucking feel it, dude. Yeah. It's like, ah, oh, it's so good, dude. Um, ah, fuck yeah. I fucking love this track. <laughs> <laughs> this was this was a no-brainer for me. This is the first one I threw on there. I was like, it's got to be alone by, by heart. And yeah. uh, I, I grew up loving heart. My mom loves heart. So, uh yeah, this was an easy one. I actually me. have a heart cassette tape that we need to bust out hey. one day. Yeah. Um, track number five, Say It To My Face by Meet Me At The Altar. Um, kind of an obnoxious name, but I'll let it slide because I would love to abbreviate that sometime. And you want to go see the MM At TA show? Um, this track has a chorus, Kevin, that reminds me so much of Avril Lavigne. It's like, um, bo- it reminds me of Boyfriend specifically. Like the do- yeah, dude. 100%. Yes. Um, but it's, it's that an- sounded like a Mega Man song. <laughs> there's, a Mega, there's a Mega Man 2 track that has that exact same. We're going to do an Avril <laughs> Lavigne MM at TA and uh, Avril Lavigne mashup. <laughs> Somebody work on that. Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> But yeah, this is an all-woman band who just rocked the fuck out. Uh, this is their lead single on a debut album coming out in March. They had an EP that I actually wanted to cover in um, Feminist February last year. But I'm just kind of really pumped to hear new music from them and see that that potential is being expounded on and that they're going to reach great heights with music like this. Yeah, dude. When I, when I first popped this on, I was like, I've, I've fucking heard this song before. And it sounds like it would have been on like Madden 05. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> With all those guys there. And I was like, I definitely have heard this song again before, but then I realized I hadn't because it's brand new. So, but yeah, you know, your, your Avril Lavigne comparison is fucking spot on, dude. Like when, as soon as I read that, I was like, yep, that's exactly what this is. This, this is a young Avril track. And yeah, it's, it's, it's it reminds me of, it's just a fun summer weekend track for those high school parties that, everyone sings the chorus to it's like you're all around the pool diving in doing dumb high school shit and uh yeah i didn't i didn't know i don't know if the world needs a new female pop punk pop rock band but uh they don't care and i'm here for it you know it's it's whenever people aren't expecting something that they end up blowing up and this has that kind of feel we're already getting back into like the stuff that when we were kids is becoming like retro and coming the fashionable again. So like something that sounds like this is probably going to get a lot of play. And I'm pretty excited about it. Like I'm also depressed about it because I'm not ready to be retro yet, but 
it's happening and I can't stop it. So, but this could be done so incorrectly. There's so many, oh, yeah, so many TikTok artists that like people are like, oh, look, an under another industry plant, like music that makes you think it's an industry plant compared to like someone that's able to capture that essence so effortlessly. Like, this felt. I didn't think like, oh, this reminds me of Avril. I, after the song was over, I was like, damn, that shit rocked. You know, it kind of made me feel the way I did when I heard Boyfriend for the first time, you know? Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah, man. It, I didn't feel like, they even mentioned that in the song, right? Like people say we're an interesting plant on the internet. Yeah. So, um, yeah, good track, man. I, I was wholly unexpected, honestly. Um, mainly because I didn't know it was brand new. Like I thought it was something from that era, which is the ultimate test, right? Like somebody play it for somebody who doesn't know. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I've heard that song before. Like, no, you haven't. It's no, brand new. I'm like, oh yet. shit. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Um, yeah. You ready to, to close it out with number five from me here? Yeah. All right. Uh, black velvet by Alana miles. This is the absolute, this is the Genesis of my love with the female vocal. I don't remember how old I was when I heard this, but all I know is that I, I loved it and I loved powerful women. This is what I knew women were dope. Like I heard this song and I heard Alano singing the way she does. It just felt really dirty in all the right ways. I would let a lot of miles ruin me, dude, just based on this vocal vocal alone. She's also, she was beautiful when she sang this song, just like a mysterious, dark, like, Jet black uh, brunette, like, oh, man, everything that, like, I loved, like, growing up as a kid, like, that was the style that I, that I just was attracted to. And uh, I I said, <laughs> I wrote, I would let Alana ruin me. Nay, I need Alana to ruin me. Um, this song is really sexy. And I think you mentioned it in your notes, too, where it's kind of like an ode to Elvis, um, the Black Velvet. And just the way she kind of like has that super like deep, but raspy, but still feminine voice in this. It's like, there's a lot of power here. And um, yeah, it let me know women could not just be girls. You know what I mean? Women could be women. Yeah. And uh, I felt like I said, this is the first female vocal I remember hearing that I was like, oh yeah, female vocalists are dope as shit. And I was, it was, I was pretty young. This song came out early nineties. I don't remember when, um, maybe even late eighties, but it's fucking man. Is it good? It's really fucking good. Hell yeah. Yeah. Her, her raspy voice is going to win over any crowd almost instantly. And it's, it's weird to think because a lot of, there's a lot of great artists that have that essence now. And they kind of do like the raspy hushed vocals. Um, Phoebe Bridges comes to mind for like contemporary or like modern artists, but yeah, I just love everything about this track. There, there's a really cool background to it, um, being a like an Elvis tribute. Uh, she wrote with her partner. They were like traveling, and they were going to like a 10 year anniversary thing for Elvis, and they were in Memphis, and they got inspired to write this song. And it's just got a swing and feel to it too. So raspy swing and feel, and somehow a little Miami Vicey, and maybe that's the 80s influence, kind of bleeding over into the 90s. But yeah, I don't know. There was a lot of really cool feels to it, and it was a great. I thought just thought it was a really great last track from you. Yeah, it's it's that fucking that blues, like really bluesy bassline that 
it just it just fucking kind of drives that kind of deep in the muck feel and then the opening line the mississippi in the middle of a spell. it's like fuck dude you're like it's fucking every time i hear it i get goosebumps i'm like okay this 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 bitch is about to ruin me and i can't wait yep. <laughs> it it's so so good dude um but yeah that's it. That we made it through our feminist February playlist. Uh, I really enjoyed this playlist quite a bit. I played it a lot this week, uh, more so than I normally do our playlists or albums. I just was like every time I hopped in the car, just throw it on, because I think that's that's how I feel about feminist February in general. Um, I just really love female vocals and I love female bands and uh, yeah. And again, in the in the immortal words of our friend Tommy Becerra, women are dope. Women are dope, dude. Um... Yeah, it, it was. I think the fun thing about this playlist is that I don't have a pick that goes past 2021. So my yeah. my oldest pick is from 2021, and your newest pick is from 2006. So <laughs> yeah. uh, there's a wide variety, and uh, we've already talked about all of this, but I just think it's really cool to have that diverse um, profile for our playlist because. If you're looking for something that you're like, I want a classic. I want to hear a female with a classic vocal. Kevin's got you covered. I've got like, if you want to get on to some new shit, you know, and some new shit that I've been getting on, you know, women are dope. And I love being able to like get, pay them a small homage because, you know, we love them. We love females. So if you want to check out our playlist, it is in our link. Yep. And Kevin uh, dropped his phone. <laughs> uh nope drop my vape but you know whatever oh. it is what it is uh yeah songs of the show ready let's do it all right uh so mine is mine 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 by windrose i found these guys randomly they are a dwarven power metal band and what i mean by that is they dress up like dwarves from tolkien lore and they sing about mining and for gold and it's one of those joke bands that I get really obsessed with for like a week. And then I listen to them nonstop and then I'm like, okay, I, <laughs> I get it. Uh, but yeah, they were really, it was a really fun find for me. There's a guy at work who is into kind of the same shit that I am. And I showed it to him and he's like, Oh, this is fucking awesome. And then he came back the next day. He's like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> I was like, yeah, no, I understand. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it's a really fun. If you want like a quick diversion for, and you want something different, uh, it's hard for bands like this to have sustained sustained su- success because you understand what they are immediately. Uh, and I think that's what one makes, again, what makes Guar so special is that they had a shtick, but it was ever changing and they could, like they were always murderous aliens from outer space that landed in Antarctica. And that, that was their shtick, but they changed it. They came up with characters that they could fight and they had this whole lore. Whereas this, these are just guys who are, dwarves who like to sing mining songs and that's that's the extent of what they can do that's what they've set themselves up for and it's cool they'll always be like opening acts at like bigger smaller festivals and that's kind of where they'll live but that there's there's some charm in that and i i I really enjoyed it yeah i love it it you sent it and i was like damn this is such a if i had to pick like five songs that i had to like show my friends what you were about before I showed them like a picture of you or let them meet you. That would, this would be one for sure. hundred percent, dude. I love like (laughs) fantasy power metal. It's just fucking, (laughs) it's just, it's so fun. It's so fun, dude. It's just, it's, there's, I don't know. There's nothing wrong with it. It's, 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 you can play it for your mom. She'll be fine with it. 
but it's still metal. It's still kind of cool. I don't know. D and D metal is what we'll call it. Yeah. D and D metal is a great subgenre. Um, my song on the show is Words Fail by Mind Force. I've been on another, I feel like this happens once a year for me. Like I get really into like obscure hardcore bands and I really want to get into the scene and then it kind of fizzles out by its summer because we start doing playlists and stuff. But like right now I'm super into finding hardcore bands that make really cool sounds. We covered Regulate and Mind Force kind of reminds me of Regulate, but also they kind of remind me of um, Turnstile. The vocalist sounds a lot like Turnstile, but it's got some like almost like 80s metal guitars but it's also hardcore it's dude it's it's got a really interesting sound and um i've been i found a bunch of new hardcore music put it in a playlist been working out to it that's all you need to know if i'm working out to it you know it rocks (laughs) that's a hard and fast rule yeah for sure If, if dill's working if dill's getting fucking gains you know it rocks speaking of getting gains to music dude i know we texted about this yesterday I'm still on a gore kick and there's a playlist I'm going to attach because I think everyone needs to at least circle back to it once every couple months. There is an era of gore that we talked about and we did one episode. I think we could have just done the entire gore month talking about those five albums. Yeah, dude, they're great. Uh, and like, it's like you said in the text too, like everything before that has some cool shit in it. Like for sure. That's what I'm more familiar with, but like, from 2000, I think I think we can uh, admit, uh, put in like the starting at 2000 through like when Brocky died, like that's their best shit by far. Um, just lost in space for in, in general, like the yeah. whole album fucking kicks ass. But yeah, man, it's I, it's funny because I also put that playlist on just randomly yesterday, and then you text me, he's like. Hey, I'm still working out to this. Like, like, dude, I just fucking listened to this playlist as well. And I'm like, it's so fucking good, man. They're just, they hit their stride after 20 years. It was crazy. Which is so cool, it's man. It's crazy. I think there's five albums. Yeah, five albums on that playlist. Well, absolute bangers from tra- like yeah. War Party, Beyond Hell, Lust in Space, Bloody Pit. And then the last one was battle maximus but yeah five albums that just like from start to finish there's not a skippable track besides maybe an intro if you're working out yeah we're we talked about it yesterday too where it's like the only way you can get into guar is we do it the way we did it where you have to force somebody past this like thick membrane of weirdness and then you can start to just enjoy the music it's the same way i got into it is my older brother is maybe the biggest fucking bow have in the world and he just crammed this shit down my throat when I was younger. And uh, I ended up loving it. And as I grew older, I was like, oh, yeah, these guys actually really fucking rip. I liked it when I was younger because it was like funny costumes and like funny stage shows. But then I started listening to the music and I'm like, this fucking rocks. So we're going to do the same to you, listeners. We're going to force Guar down your throat until you like it, which is exactly what Guar would want us to do. Yeah, yeah. I'm putting this <laughs> playlist most- back in the show notes. <laughs> It makes me so happy, dude. I like it makes me so happy that you like Guar because you were initially resistant to it. Um, not maybe not like super resistant, but it's like, dude, I promise you like this music. Like I promise you. Like I know you well enough to where like this is so far up your alley. Um so yeah, it makes me like 
I, I just unlimitedly happy that you're still listening to Guar and you like actually really like Guar now. Like you're a Guar fan. You're a Bohab now. <sighs> Hell yeah. Now I can buy the merch. I've been, <laughs> <laughs> it's been in my cart. I've been waiting for you to say it. You're good, dude. You're an official Bohab now. <laughs> okay. Um <laughs> so yeah, that's our episode. Um go check out our social media. Uh we got Instagram at off the beaten clef. Our Twitter is at off clef. Uh, we love emails off the bean cliff at gmail.com. If you want to join our discord, we have a link in there as well. And we have merch off the bean Go check it out. Um, in terms of next week, we're starting metal March. Um, do you know what you want to start with Kevin? Yeah. I want to start with the system of down album. I know I said toxicity, but I might switch it to hypnotize. Okay. Uh, just because I feel like that is like hypnotized, memorized that double album are uh, mesmerized is where they really hit, like where they really refined everything down and Darren started to sing a little bit and then they broke up shortly after. And I'm like, fuck, we didn't get, we, we only got two, like basically one double album of system of down the way they should have been. And not to say the albums before that are bad, but because they're not. I, like I said before, I think System of Down is by far and away the best new metal band that came out. Um, but it's going to be either Toxicity or Hypnotize. I just got to listen to them both and decide which one I really want to talk about more. Sweet. So yeah, get ready. System of Down next week. So ad, baby. It's long overdue. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for Metal March. Um, yes, sir. Check us out on the, the internet and we will or join our Discord and you'll be the first to know what, we're, what we got going on and uh, you can follow along. So uh, we'll see y'all next week. Bye.